we're in Acts chapter 16, and uh, it's like my wife was saying, we've been in this place where God has been speaking to us. Um, it, it's not only just something to remind us, but we feel it's prophetic. We feel that it's uh, an instruction. And, and I believe even for your family that you guys are here today hearing this word. Yeah. You know, the message is regroup and reroute. Yeah. You know, sometimes the unexpected comes and we have to face things that we didn't plan for. I mean, God has to reroute us. It doesn't mean that he changes our destination. He just changes the way that we get there. And we're in that season right now as a church. Amen. A lot of us are in that place where certain things have come up. Um, certain things have changed that we weren't looking forward to. We didn't plan on. It just happened. And what you have to understand is that when life happens, God doesn't change your destination. He just changes the way that you get to it. Amen? How I many you know that the children of Israel always had a promised land? But God had to reroute them through some things to get them to where they needed to be. And so we've been in this. Uh, we're going to be in this a couple more weeks and just really encouraging our church, encouraging you guys to stay uh, with this this type of faith. And so we're in Acts chapter 16. And let's go ahead and read starting in verse number 6. It says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia after they had come to Messiah. And they tried to go into Bethnia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Messiah, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for what you've already done in this place. Lord, we ask that as we get into your word that you would speak to us. Lord, settle our hearts and settle our minds. We would position ourselves in faith to receive what you're declaring over us. Even for me, Lord, I get out the way so that you can do what you want to do. Let my words fall and let your words stand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this is a story, and I, I, I preached out of this story last week. You know, uh, the story of Paul who had planned on going to Asia to visit the churches that he planted on his first missionary trip. His plan was to go and, and just check on them, see how every, everyone's doing. He got the blessing from the apostles. He had his team ready, and they began to go forward in this mission. But before they could actually begin that progress, the Holy Spirit kept them from going to Asia. He, he stopped them in their tracks and said, you know what, instead of going this direction, I need you to go to Macedonia. And he spoke to Paul through a dream. And so Paul, heeding to that instruction, heeding to that uh, direction from the Lord, he said yes. And because of it, uh, we see all of these churches that were planted, the church in Philippi and uh, the Thessalonian church and the church in Corinth, uh, which caused a ripple effect, a domino effect. And it, it is the reason why the gospel was preached throughout Europe and into the Western world. And so Paul being obedient to this reroute, right? Paul not being stubborn in the fact that God was changing up some things, allowed him, put him in a position where he preached the gospel that we are the fruit of today. Amen? Yeah. The Western world was able to hear the gospel because Paul heeded to the Holy Spirit. And last week, that was my focus. My focus was teaching you guys 
encouraging you guys, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Right? Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Learn who He is. Right? The Holy Spirit is not an it or a thing. Right? He is the Spirit of God. He is the very presence of the Lord. And, and He lives inside of us and we live inside of Him. Amen? And so He will lead every step. Jesus calls Him the Spirit of truth. Right? He will guide us in all truth. He is our helper. And so when we rely, when we're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, we know that wherever we need to go, He's going to get us there. Amen? We talked about having communion and encounter with the Holy Spirit. This is how you uh, get to know Him. And uh, we talked about visions and dreams and the prophetic word. We touched a, a lot more on the prophetic on Wednesday night, this past Wednesday. And then we just talked about being obedient. So today I'm going to talk about the same story, but I'm going to point out some other things that I don't want to overlook. And so let's go back here to verse 6. Chapter 16, verse 6 says, Now when they had gone through Phrygia, and I practiced that word all week, and now I have a fear. Do I got it? I got it? Okay. Phrygia. I practiced all week. I listened to the message again. I was like, Phrygia, Phrygia, Phrygia. See, I'm messing it up right now. I get nervous, right? The kid in me, I want to run back to that, what I said last week. Fragile, 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 Phrygia. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach in Asia. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to do what? What's wrong with preaching? What's wrong with preaching, right? What's wrong with sharing the gospel? But the Holy Spirit kept them from preaching. This is what I want you guys to know. When God begins to regroup and reroute, number one in your notes, not all good things are God things. Not all good things are God things. Sometimes we weigh out our decisions and our obedience based on what is good. Let me tell you, your flesh will lie most of the time. Your feelings will lie most of the time. What feels good isn't always right. That's why you can't always trust someone when they said, I feel like God is. <laughs> Not all good things are God things. There was nothing wrong with Paul preaching the gospel. That's what he was, right? He was an apostle to the Gentiles, planting churches. But in this moment where he was just going to do what he was called to do, the Holy Spirit said, not today, not in this way, not in this direction. And that's why you have to be able to discern what is a good thing and what is a God thing. Right. Look at right here in your notes, 1 Corinthians 10, 23. Does everyone have notes in a bulletin? We're all good. Does anyone need one? Teresa needs one. Raymond, it's always a worship team that you can count on that don't. Just kidding. They're here early, right? Uh, go ahead and raise your hand if you guys need a bulletin right there. It's all the worship team. Uh-huh. All the worship team. All of a sudden. Number one, again in your notes, not all good things are God things. 1 Corinthians 10.23 says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful uh, for me, but not all things edify. Again, your flesh will lie to you. Right? Your emotions, your feelings could lie to you. And so you have to discern what is the God thing for me. What does God want in this moment? Not what is good. 
but what is God? Amen? Amen. So you have to be sensitive, right? A God thing, and I touched on this last week, a God thing will always bring peace. If it's chaos and confusion, it's not a God thing. You want to look for peace. You want to look for the peace of God, right? You want to look for what, what, is, what is increasing and what is causing you to respond in faith. Right? What is stirring up my faith? Even though everything doesn't fit into place, my faith is arising in this moment. And I have peace. If I have peace and I have faith, regardless of what I see, regardless of what I feel, we can trust that this is probably God leading us in the right direction. Amen? Amen. What brings us joy? What brings us conviction? What aligns with Scripture? These are the things that you have to look for. This is what helps you discern what is a God thing. If you feel chaos, confusion, fear, anxiety, depression, it's probably not a God thing. It might be a good thing, but it's not a God thing. I love this verse. I want to reread it. 1 Corinthians 10.23 All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Amen? Again, not all good things are a God thing. Let's go ahead and keep reading here. Verse 7. Chapter 16. It says, After they had come to Messiah, they tried to go into Bethnia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So God rerouted them twice. Maybe he had one foot in and one foot out. He wasn't sure. Ah, let me just get you... So passing by Messiah, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now after he had seen the vision, immediately, somebody say immediately. Immediately. Immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Verse 11, Therefore sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course. Right? Soon as soon as the confirmation of the Holy Spirit within us said yes, don't worry about the good thing, worry about the God thing. Soon as that peace and that faith arose, they chose to run straight. Number two in your notes, as the Lord reroutes you, run straight and avoid distractions. Run straight and avoid distractions. Avoid everything that's going to cause you to get off of the course. Avoid everything that's going to bring chaos and confusion. Avoid everything that's going to cause you to backtrack. Avoid everything that is out of Scripture. Avoid everything that is not of God. When God gives you the assignment, you need to run straight and avoid distractions. Just to talk about my brother a little bit more because I can. <laughs> right, my brother's going to school right now. Right? Uh, 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 changes in his life, a rerouting in his life brought him to this point where God is leading him to, to go back to school and to do some things. In these last couple weeks, there's been some changes in his schooling. And rather than giving up, right? Rather than being distracted, he continues to run straight. Right? There's a distraction right now with his schooling. But he says, I'm not going to lose sight of what God has called me to do. I'm going to continue to move forward. You have to avoid every distraction, right? Distractions can be people sometimes. 
Distractions can be those voices that are talking nonsense. Or I like to say talking papas. <laughs> Don't let them talk papas to you. So I tell my, my wife and my son when I see him whisper, you guys talking papas about me? <laughs> I, I alien Lisa all the time. I know that they're talking papas about me. I see I alien Lisa in a huddle. I'm like, oh yeah. They're talking, they're talking papas for sure. When I see all of the leadership together, oh no, they're really talking papas. <laughs> they, got, they got it out for me. When I, I know that they're getting together. They're rallying against me. All right. You can't allow people to get into your ear to distract you from what God has called you to do. And this is why I'm, I, I, I love social media because it allows me to stay connected to friends and family. Um, I love to be able to share, you know, family pictures and all of that. But what's happened to our culture, what's happened to a lot of people is that we run to social media for advice. Right. We, we, we run to 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 the Internet, to Google. Right. You know, YouTube is is the most used search engine in the world. YouTube. So, you know, let me just get on YouTube and find a video that's going to tell me what I want to hear in this situation. Right? I'm going through this. This is happening in my life. This is happening in my marriage. This is, and let me YouTube it. Oh, wait. I don't like that video because that video is agreeing with my wife. Let's go to the other video. Those are distractions. Now, I'm not saying that God can't speak through those avenues. I'm not saying that God can't put somebody in a position to hear from God through those videos. But we have to be careful of what our motive is. We have to be careful of where is our priority, where is our faith, right? We should always run first and foremost to prayer before anything, right? Maybe in prayer, God will say, go to YouTube and put this, but at least prayer was first. That happens to me all the time. They're talking papas. Okay, Lord, what do I do? Go to YouTube. Okay, they're talking papas. Prayer should always be our first, where we run to first, to sit at the feet of Jesus and to cry out, to call out, to ask, God, what do I do in this situation? And when he speaks, and this was the very first point that we brought up when we got into the series, is that always invite the Lord to come and stand with you, right? Always invite the Lord, even though he never leaves you, never forsakes you. But the fact that you acknowledge, God, I need you, is a step of faith that activates the hand of God to move in your life. God's standing by waiting, you, waiting for you to bring your heart in faith to say, I need you. So when you call upon the Lord, it's not like he was over here fixing something. And he's like, oh, did somebody call? Like he was with you the whole time. But by you calling on him, by you calling, crying out to him, you brought your heart to his feet. You brought your ear to his feet. You brought yourself to him and you said, God, I need you. This is why you have to go, you have to run to God first. And anything that takes you away from running to the Lord is a distraction. Anything that causes you to take your eyes off of God is a distraction. Listen, I like to be by myself. I love it. I love to be in my garage. I love my prayer closet. You know, I, li I like to be by myself. And sometimes you need to be that way. You need to, you need to silence the world yes. and shut off everything so that the only voice you hear is God. 
The only voice you hear, the only instruction, the only encouragement is coming from Him. Then everything else becomes confirmation. When, when, when other things become your priority, when other voices become your priority, you hear from them, you're trying to listen, okay, should I do this or should I do that? And then you're running to God to confirm. Then, then it's like, hey, hey God, they said, they, they suggested, they, they, they encouraged me, and then God becomes second. We need to go to God and say, what do you say? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to respond? How do you want me to think and feel? How do you want me to act in this situation? And then when we're obedient to that, then every other voice that comes is a confirmation. Now every other voice that comes, we can say, you know what? God just told me that. Thank you. Thank you for that. When my brother responded by giving, he didn't come and check with me. Hey, do you think I should give? God's telling me to give. I think I got to check my, my balance here. If God told you, go and do it. Then Maria came and brought the confirmation. Thus saith the Lord. Avoid distractions. Run straight. Right? Run straight. I love this. I love the way it says in verse 11. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course. Teresa was saying it earlier, guys. We're, we're going to have things that we struggle with, right? There's going to be moments of weakness. There's going to be times that we really uh, maybe feel like we're at a low place in our life. Maybe our faith isn't where we'd like it to be. Those things are going to happen. The one thing that keeps you from getting off course, the one thing that keeps you from, from getting away from what God has is that you purpose in your heart to never run sideways. Right? When you, when you settle it in your heart, you know what? I'm going to go after God no matter what. I always tell people that. You know, they, how, do, how do I continue to serve God? How do I stay faithful to the Lord? How do I not backslide? How do I not walk, walk away? You purpose in your heart to never abandon Him. Just purpose it in your heart that nothing is going to take you off of the course. And once that is settled, everything that comes at you, you're not moved by it. If anything, everything is moved by you and your faith yeah. because you won't give up. Run straight. Avoid distractions, guys. I just feel like I keep saying that over and over because some of you guys are being distracted right now. By other things and other voices. Other people and other influences that are not giving you biblical encouragement. They're not confirming what God has said since the beginning. You have to be careful what voices you're allowing to speak into your life. Amen. As the Lord reroutes you, run straight and avoid distractions. Proverbs 4.25, and this has been mine and my wife's verse for the last couple months. This has been one of the verses that we've been clinging to. And what's funny is that we were clinging to this verse, and we didn't even know it. You know, one day I, I, was, I was telling her about this, and she was like, I've been holding tight to that same verse. All right, we didn't even know that we were both were holding tight to this scripture. And so I feel it's fitting for this uh, what I just told you guys right now, but Proverbs 4, 25 and 20 through 27, it says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all of your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Amen. I love that verse.
Mic drop, huh? I have to catch it because I don't want to go by the mic, but that's <laughs> And I'm reading a book by T.D. Jakes that says don't drop the mic, so I'm going to have to practice. <laughs> let's keep reading here. Verse number, let's read verse 12. It says, it says now from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony. And, we're, uh, and we were staying in that city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was custom, customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Number three, and I've already touched on it, prayer is vital during the reroute. Prayer is vital during the reroute. Some of us pray before the reroute. Some of us pray after but it's just as, as important to pray during, right? God was rerouting Paul on this missionary journey. Paul, God was rerouting Paul to, to, instead of going to Asia, he needed to go to Macedonia. And in the middle of that transition, God brought Paul to a place to posture his heart in prayer. God led him to a place where there were women who would pray every day at the riverside. And God brought Paul and says, hey, as you move forward, don't forget about we have to remember that, guys. Don't abandon your secret place. Don't abandon your prayer closet. Don't abandon your prayer recliner or whatever it is that you sit and talk with the Lord. You stay connected to Jesus. You stay in prayer. You know? And Jackie, if you've got the gift of tongues, you continue to pray in tongues. Even if you're not sure if it was tongues or not, just practice it anyways, you know? I always pray in tongues no matter what. You know, if I'm outside working in the yard, I'm praying in tongues. You know, if I don't know what to pray, I pray in tongues. I always just do my best to just stay connected, to stay connected to Jesus because prayer is vital. Amen. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Let's go to Acts. Uh, we're in 16 still. Let's go to verse 14. It says, now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. Ooh, they listen. Right? Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. People are listening to your response. People are listening to how you obey God in these moments. Amen? They're listening. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira. Thyatira. Who worshipped God. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, hallelujah. She heard the word of the Lord, but her whole household was baptized. This is, this is important, right? How many of you guys are believing for your families to get saved? How many of you guys are believing for your families to get saved? How many have family members, kids, grandkids, parents, siblings that you're believing for their salvation? Lydia's response, right? Lydia's obedience, the sensitivity that she had to the spirit, the fact that she leaned her ear to what was happening, caused her family to be saved. Amen? It says, and when she and her whole household were baptized, she begged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. Number four in your notes, our obedience to the Holy Spirit as he reroutes us is not only for us, but it's also for others. 
Our obedience to the Holy Spirit as he reroutes us is not only for us, but it's also for others. Again, Paul heeding to the leading of the Holy Spirit, Paul being obedient to the reroute, resulted in the gospel being spread all throughout Europe and the Western world. Right? We're all a byproduct of that mission trip. The gospel spread all over the world because Paul was obedient. Your obedience in the reroute, your obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit doesn't just affect you, but it affects everyone else. This is, again, why you have to choose a God thing over a good thing, because what you do or what you don't do might affect those around you. When I pray, I'm not just praying for me so that what I do affects me, but what I pray for, what I'm asking God is God put me in a position so that I can lead my wife in the right way. So I can lead my son in the right way because I know that my disobedience will affect them. And vice versa, my obedience will affect them also. Your story, there's a story in 1 Kings, and I have part of it here. 1 Kings chapter 17, which is the story of Elijah and the widow who was on her way to just calling it quits. Her life was coming to an end, and she was ready to eat one last meal, and her and her son were going to die. And then the Lord came in through the prophet Elijah and rerouted her. Verse 15, that your notes down there, 1 Kings 17, 15 says, So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. So this widow, because she allowed the Lord to reroute her, right, because she was obedient to the spirit of the Lord, it not only affected her, but her son as well. And even Elijah was encouraged in this story. So again, our obedience to the Holy Spirit as he reroutes us is not only for us, but it's also for others. Amen? Amen. I know that that's a heavy thing to think of. It's a heavy thing to think. You know what? My decisions are going to affect others. But those are the things that help you discern what is God and what is not. What might be good for you might not be good for your family. Sometimes that is the confirmation that you need to know how God is leading you. When I knew that God was calling me to be a pastor, I went to my wife and I said, I feel like the Lord is telling me it's time to start preparing. And she said, well, you better prepare by yourself because I ain't pastoring with you. Ailey <laughs> has a different story because she grew up. You know, she grew up with her dad being a pastor. She, she had seen, witnessed firsthand what it was like, what, what a family has to go through in that position. So when I told her, I feel like it, we always knew, but I said, I feel like it's time that God wants me to start putting some things in motion. She said, I, I don't know if you're hearing correctly. <laughs> she said, you're, you're listening to a bunch of distractions right now. You really need to get on your face and seek the Lord. Yeah, she's talking about us. Who, she said, who's talking papas to you telling you you're going to be a pastor? Look at you. You don't even own a tie. You want to be a pastor? Still don't own one, huh? Still, we're still working on it. You don't even say business, right? You say business. And so our conversation was, Lord, you speak to my wife. 
and when we're in agreement, we'll move. There was a time, there was a, a moment where we had to sit and wait on the Lord. Because I knew if I moved ahead, if I moved out of the will of God, because it felt good, right? If I moved on the good thing instead of the God thing, it would affect my wife. And so I waited for months and months and months and months until she came to me and said, God has spoke to me, it's time for us to move forward in this. My obedience and my disobedience in that moment was vital because it was going to affect her. It was going to affect my son. And so we have to be very aware of how we follow the Lord. I want to just talk to all the husbands and the fathers in this house. Our leadership matters, men. The way we lead our families matters. And we have to take that responsibility as men, we can't cower away. We can't, we can't step into the cave, but we have to stand out front. Even though we got battle wounds, we're tired, we're, we've been going through the fight, we have to stay in that position because how we lead our families is going to make a difference. And when we take on that responsibility, it causes us to make decisions with that in mind. I always listen to God. What are you saying? And then we begin, he begins to show me how it affects everyone else. And then we move. So our obedience to the Holy Spirit as he reroutes us is not only for us, but also for others. Amen. I hope that this story, we've been in it for two weeks. I hope that it encouraged you guys. Being sensitive to the Holy Spirit and allowing these things uh, to help us as we process this reroute as you process your reroute whatever God's leading you and moving you through as long as you continue uh, to keep your eyes on Jesus he's going to get you to where you need to be amen the unexpected things the life happens moments yeah those those are tough you know and, and we don't you know we don't know why those things happen but if you stay faithful if you keep your eyes on Jesus eventually you'll come to the point where you look back and then you thank God for the reroute. You look back and you say, you know what, God, I really didn't like it at the time. But now looking back, I'm glad that you took me around what was happening in my life. I'm glad that you took me in a different direction than what was happening in my life. God is good and he's faithful to finish the work that he began in you. His plans for you do not change. Before you were in your mother's womb, he had a plan and a purpose for you. And the enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He will do that in any way, shape, or form to take you off of the course that God has you on. So lean into the voice of God. Lean into his presence. Allow him to speak to you so that you can fulfill everything that you need to fulfill on this earth. Amen? Let's stand to our feet.